Hi, this is David Worth, Director of Photography on Bloodsport and Director of Kickboxer. Hi, my name is Frank Duke. Some of you might recognize my name from the movie Bloodsport. Jean-Claude Van Damme portrays me in the movie. Hello, everyone. This is Uriah Sr., the star in Surf Ninjas, and I played the character as Ash. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Ernie Reyes Jr. from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and you're listening to The Justin Harvey Show. Cowabunga, this dude. This is Sarah McMahon, UFC Women's Fighter. This is Mohamed Kisi, alias Bongo, in the movie Kickboxer, which includes Van Damme. Hi, this is Tony Luke Jr., a.k.a. Joey the Nail Nardone. Hi, I'm Don the Dragon Wilson, also known as Jake Ray from Bloodfist. Hello, this is Dennis Chen, Yen from Kickboxer. Hi, this is Bruce Hart of the Hart Foundation. So this is Paul Herzog, composer of the music from Bloodsport and Kickboxer. Hi, this is Bill Superfoot Wallace. I'm a kickboxer, and I like to kick people in the head. Hi, this is Christina Lee. I played Kyle in the movie Child's Play 2. This is Mike Riccioni, producer of Bloodsport 2. Hi, I'm Cynthia Rothrock, the Lady Dragon. Hi, this is Jeff Mead. I was Paul Croft in Kickboxer 5, The Redemption. Hello, this is Haskell Von Anderson III. I was Winston Taylor in the movie Kickboxer. You're listening to Justin Ray Harvey. Justin Ray Harvey's life is a different culture. It's a different world. You better come to terms with that, or you won't last a heart, a heart, 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 heart. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a late night special edition of the Justin Harvey Show. I have a very special guest, a good friend of mine who I've been talking with on Facebook for quite some time, and also she is one of the biggest Frank Dukes Bloodsport fans that I have found since I've been doing my years of work, and I'm proud to bring Cotty to the show. Welcome to the show, Cotty. Well, I'm just really, really happy to be here, Justin. I'm happy to have you. So, um, I think it's best the way we should start, Cody, is um, give my give my audience a little bit of your background and uh, where you come from, and you know exactly what you do because I know that you do several things. You've written a book. You you have your own website. So, just give us a little bit of your background for starters. Well, let's see. Um, I have an extremely long history of yoga training, which I had the the extreme pleasure and benefit, blessing of training with an excellent master way back in the 1960s. And so that led me to having my own television show mm-hmm. because I kind of got very well known for my teaching and she kind of left me her legacy but what happened was 30 years later, or let me see, um, probably yeah, probably 30 years later, not quite 30 years, but close up, I finally got to do what I really wanted to do, which was martial arts. Mm-hmm. And, and the reason I didn't do it beforehand was because I was teaching yoga all the time, and of course I was on television also. And so I finally had an opportunity to study martial arts, which uh, I studied the uh, Northern Shaolin Long Fist, Bagua, Xingyi, and some Tai Chi. Oh, wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so you've you've done a lot in the arts, um, so to speak. So yeah. So what happened along the way in my studies of martial arts, particularly because I was studying Chinese martial arts, I noticed a very interesting corollary between martial arts and uh, the conditioning of martial arts, and particularly the Chinese styles, and how they related to yoga practice and the old myth, uh, legend, history that Damo was an Indian prince who brought yoga to the Shaolin temples. And I could see that. I could see the, this inherent bridge between the two concepts, if you will, the two mm-hmm. practices. And, of course, this was a long time ago, and everyone looked at me like I had two heads, each of them encased in lucite. Wow. <laughs> and they thought, you know, that I had no idea what I was talking about. Now, this was before MMA ever mm-hmm. really even caught on. So at some point mm-hmm. in my practice, I began developing my own system, which is trademarked under Fashan Training Arts, which is a combination of Chinese martial arts, yoga, traditional Hatha yoga, uh, and uh, Taoist yoga, Qigong, mm-hmm. things like that. And so what happened was that I had an opportunity to work with some students who were studying Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu slash MMA. Oh, wow. And, of course, back then the idea was, well, this program isn't going to work. These are big, tough, hefty men. They're not going to want to do yoga. Mm -hmm. So I said, well... I really think that this would work, so why don't we do this? Why don't I teach the class and don't pay me? Mm-hmm. I'll just come in and work with these up-and-comings. And so that's how it really started. And at the same time, mm-hmm. I had this uh, opportunity to meet the founder of the MMA Fight Council, Mr. Aaron Richmond, wonderful man. Mm-hmm. And he has a wonderful board. He's got uh, Dan Severin, some other very lovely, high-profile people on his board. And mm-hmm. I, so I emailed him, and I said, I've got this really strange idea. It may sound really odd, but I'm working with some up-and-coming BJJ MMA students who want to enter the fight game. I'm working with them every week, and every week they have a different problem, and I'm helping solve them, and I'm giving them conditioning ideas that they're not getting from their traditional conditioning. Mm -hmm. That seems to be the extra component that they need. Would you be interested in me writing an article for you once a week? I promise to make it very um, terse, uh, you know, that kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I'm a prolific writer, and I can write in numerous genres, so it wasn't a problem. And Surprisingly enough, he wrote back and said, what a great idea. Why don't you do that? You oh, can wow. write, Yeah, you can write for the MMA Fight Council. We'll put it on the website. We'll put it on the Facebook homepage every week. And so I did, and I did that for exactly 49 weeks. I After 49 weeks, I had a difficult time coming up with 
ideas that didn't require an instructor to actually be there. Mm-hmm. Some things you just have to have an instructor because you really need to see how it's done. But yeah. everything else I was able to translate into the written word, and so I wrote them. Everything was written as a, I would have like a little story about mm-hmm. what, what happened that week on the mat, and then I would have a prescription. This is how you can solve this problem. It will take you two or three minutes, the best time to practice. Mm-hmm. So they would have a prescription. And so what happened at the end of the year was that I took all of these 49, what I call 49 redemptive applications, mm-hmm. and I put them into a book. And the book originally was called MMA Yoga on the Mat, Real Yoga for Inside the Cage. Wow. That's a pretty long title, Carly. That's a long title. Uh, I'm... I'm <laughs> I am a I'm a big one for subtitles. I'm <laughs> yes. really a, all of my books have these wackadoodle subtitles, but I I always like the title to be there. You see the title, but then what is what does that mean and here's the subtitle. So in any event, it was getting a lot of attention. Mm-hmm. And I had it on the blog on my website, uh which at the time was mmayogaonthemat.com, which no longer exists. And so I was out, I was doing, uh, I, I was asked to do some high-profile ex- sport expos. I actually mm-hmm. presented a workshop at the event hotel for the Arnold. That was back in 2009. Mm-hmm. And so, I, like I said, I was getting a lot of attention for it. And what happened was, <laughs> this is the fun part. Anyway, so that I'll get to that in a second. But what mm-hmm. happened was that then I'm, I, like I said, I turned it into a book, and then I sold the rights to the book, uh, the electronic rights, so that uh-huh. title is still up. But what happened on Mother's Day of May 2011 was, was I'll lead into what happened to the book subsequently. And, and by the way, any of your readers that would like a copy, mm-hmm. they are welcome to a PDF digital copy of the book. Wow, that's that's amazing. So I will yeah. I will I will be happy to give my email address and anyone who would like a, a gift from me, mm-hmm. a PDF of my book. They are welcome to have it. I'm I give it away all the time. I'm very happy to share what I know. So um, what happened on May Mother's Day, May thirteenth of twenty eleven? I had an opportunity. I was invited. Did I? Did I? This was a trick question. Mm-hmm. Did I want to spend the entire Mother's Day training with the one, the only, Hanchi Frank Dukes? Well, when the invitation came, I almost fell out of my office chair. I was sitting at the computer. It came over mm-hmm. Facebook. And I, the answer, of course, was yes. And I was sitting in shock because Frank Dukes, of course, has been my idol, uh, you know, since... Bloodsport, of course, like everybody else. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I want to talk a little bit about about that movie and the impact that not only I'm sure it had on me because when I saw it, I I was not in martial arts when I first saw that movie, so mm-hmm. that it, so my take on it was a little bit different than maybe somebody coming up in martial arts back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wasn't in martial arts in 1988, um, mm-hmm. so in any event. 
uh, at least not in this lifetime. <laughs> Previous <laughs> lifetime, I was probably just about everything you could think of in terms of uh, gladiator, samurai, and you name it. <laughs> I always joke around about that. But So what happened was I got to uh, train with Hanchi Frank Dukes on that particular day, and I couldn't resist. I had a copy of my book, and I said, you know what? I'm bringing this book out to Hanchi Frank Dukes, and at an appropriate moment, I'm I'm just going to give it to him. Mm-hmm. And of course, I, I I love to tell the story because I was so terrified. <laughs> Everyone was was like, "You're going to get to train with Frank Dukes," and I'm like, "Yes." And they're like, "Well, what do you think you're going to learn?" And I'm like, "I don't know, and I don't care." <laughs> like, what do you mean you don't care? I'm like. I'm like, you don't get it. I don't care. I don't care if he gives a lesson on how to roll socks. It won't matter. (laughs) I will have have been in an official Frank Duke sock rolling thing. I don't care what he teaches me. Mm -hmm. And I said, now I'm probably going to look really stupid because I don't do, you know, Japanese style. So I'm used to doing things a different way. Mm -hmm. And I I had never taken any real street defense or anything. So I thought, you know what, I don't care. I don't care what we do. I don't care how stupid I look. <laughs> I don't care. I'm just going to get to be there. Now, Now, for me, normally I would not sleep all night. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, tomorrow I get to drive to Philadelphia, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be, I'm going to actually, Frank Dukes is going to speak to me tomorrow. Oh, my God, what am I going to do now? So we got there, you know, and he's so, for anybody that's listening that has never been near him, he mm-hmm. is big. <laughs> he's <Yes>. very big. <laughs> he's very tall. And I'm five foot three, if I'm lucky, on a good day. So I get out of the car. There's Dukes. And he's, and he's so polite. You know, he's going around saying hello. But he's talking to someone and he's saying, well, you know, I don't always let everyone into my workshops. I kind of size mm-hmm. them up, and if I think they're not right, mm-hmm. I will turn them away. You know, I don't mean anything personal, but, you know, I have I have an agenda, and I follow it. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, my God, what if he turns me away? <laughs> I'll have to, I'll go, I'll have to, I don't know what I'll do with myself, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, wow. that's because that's what goes on in your head, you know, and I'm, mm-hmm. and I, you know, I'm I'm as tough as nails, but I, I'm also very girl. You know, I can be very girl. So, yeah. so I'm standing there feeling like I felt when I was 14 when I was in love with Ringo Starr. Mm-hmm. Wow! <laughs> and I'm saying, <laughs> what if he turns me away? Well, anyway, he came over and he, you know, he had to reach down about four feet, you know, to get to me, and he shook my hand and he said, "How are you?" And all the only now, wouldn't you think I would say something intelligent like, "I'm very well, thank you. How are you?" Now that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. What comes out of my mouth is, um, um, "I don't know. I don't know how I did it, but I managed to get some sleep last night. I can't believe I'm standing here." Wow! <laughs> I did a total fourteen-year-old girl Gaga thing. But what wow. was amazing was I didn't faint. I didn't mm-hmm. faint. That was good. That was a good well, sign. Well, 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 that's a good thing, Cody. And and, and real quick, and, and real quickly, I wanted to share with my audience too, so that you can clarify this. Like when when I first wrote Cody, ladies and gentlemen, 
what what got me, and I was highly honored by this. I went to introduce myself to Cotty, and she's like, I already know who you are. You don't have to explain. <laughs> and so I was like, awesome. <laughs> so, you know, I, I and it's not like I haven't been around celebrities. I, I mean, I was on television myself for four mm-hmm. years. I'm in I'm in best-selling novels with important people. I mean, you know, I know movie actors. It's not and I and usually I'm I'm okay. I'm, how are you today? How was your trip in? Lovely. Can I do anything for you? You know, very professional, very I'm fine. Not in front of Dukes. I was like a 12-year-old or a 14-year-old girl going gaga. Well, anyway, we got past that. We get to the we get mm-hmm. to the training studio. This was uh, David D'Antonio's uh, Cuts studio in Philadelphia. And we get there, and somehow or other, I get the guts to go up to him at a break <laughs> and hand him my book. <laughs> so I kind of sheepishly go up and say, I'd like to give you this copy mm-hmm. <laughs> of my book. It's like I was giving him grandma's soup recipes or something, mm-hmm. you know. But then what happened was, you know, during subsequent, we were there all day, and during subsequent breaks, you know, he was leafing through it. And so during one of the last breaks, he said, Cotty, can I talk to you for a minute? And I said, sure. And we went and said, he said, you you wrote all this? And I said, yeah, this is my stuff. He said, this is really good stuff. He said, can I use any of this? (laughs) And, of course, you could have bowled me over, you know. Yeah. And I I just stood, stood there and in my in my mind, like like a little mouse going through my head, it was like, first you drove here, you got to train with him, you got to meet him. Now he likes your book. Now he wants to use your book. Oh my God! <laughs> so, so I looked at him and I said, of course, yes, you can you can use the book, you can have it, you can do anything you want with it. And then the next thing that came out of my mouth was, I don't even care if you clean your vegetables <laughs> on the pages. I'm happy you like it. So oh he, wow! He, you know, and he's you know he's very he's a very uh, kind, uh, and you already know this, but mm-hmm. uh, but for those people out there that listen that have never met him personally, he's a very kind, humble, gracious uh, human being. You know, and he's very compassionate, and he he was just totally nonplussed the whole time. He's like, no, this is really good stuff. I really want I want to get up on the worldwide dojo, and mm-hmm. I said, well. Here it is. You can do whatever you want with it. I, actually, Cody, what's funny is like when people when people we know actually you know see us together because you know I went and trained with him. I actually dress like him, and people caught me his little mini me because I have a pair of his uh, famous uh, shades. And of course, we usually you know we usually you know dress alike. So yeah. <laughs> so. Well, and and here's the thing. You could be mini me if you were five foot ten because he's just so tall, you know. He's over mm-hmm. six foot. Mm-hmm. So mini me isn't even a diminutive uh, title because everybody's mini unless they're as tall as he is, or you know, he, he he's you know, and, and he's just an amazing, an amazing human being. And uh, so then, you know, what happened was uh, everybody in Philadelphia just absolutely fell in love with him. We all just thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread. I thought he was the greatest thing since Maybelline came out with Swivel Up Blue Eyeshadow in 1958. Mm -hmm. 
And we just wanted to bring him out to World Karate Union. Now, I'm on the board of World Karate Union, mm-hmm. and I approached the Tacitanos, and evidently someone else had uh, thought to put a nomination in at the same time. So I guess great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. But uh, so we, we brought him out, you know, we brought him out to WKU, and uh, we had this situation at the, we, we had took him to the diner for breakfast, and uh, lunch on uh, dinner on Friday or lunch or dinner on Friday night, and so I have to tell this story because this is just one of my favorite Hunchy Duke stories. So, and I and I want to clarify to all the listeners: at no time did he know that uh, which restaurant or diner we were going to bring him. Mm-hmm. He had no idea, so there was no idea way that he could set this up previously. Uh, none of the venues where we brought him for dinner, lunch, or breakfast knew that he was coming, so there was no collusion on the part of Hanshi Frank Dukes or the the eating uh, venue where we where we visited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and at no time was he wearing any kind of you know anything that he could have concealed uh, the cutlery or made an exchange of the cutlery. And now I will tell you my story. Mm-hmm. So we were sitting in a restaurant, it, uh, it was an Indian restaurant, and uh, sitting across the table from him with our other team member, AJ, and Hanchi Dukes grabbed a dinner fork and held it across the table, and he was holding it, you know, by the handle, and he said, Cotty, would you please just, you know, break this fork in half? And I didn't know what to expect. I've never seen him do any, uh, I've never seen him do this. I've seen mm-hmm. lots of video stuff, but I've never seen this. And I said, and I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, "What? Like, I, what do you want me to do?" He's like, "I, I just want you to bend that fork over and snap it in half." And I'm like, and I still didn't get it. He said, "Cotty, just put your finger on the on the tines of the fork and bend it over." Well, I wouldn't have had to have even bent it over because the minute I touched it, it just collapsed. It it just literally fell over like it was melted, like an mm-hmm. ice cream cone, and then it snapped clean in half like it had been cut by a machine. Oh wow! So yeah, I'm yes, yeah. So I'm video sitting there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sitting at the dinner table now with my Indian samosas, and mm-hmm. I'm just sitting there saying, "Okay." So he went to you know take the fork out of the way, and I said, "Oh no, you don't." I'm taking that as my souvenir. You're not getting that back. So then it was like uh, the Sunday after everybody was leaving the Poconos and we took him out to breakfast. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting in Billy's Pocono Diner. We have this adorable little Polish or Ukrainian girl waiting on us. She was so cute. And we're just sitting there talking nonchalantly out in public. Here we are. It's a public diner. And um, next thing I know, he just—he's just—he's waiting for his tuna sandwich or whatever he ordered, and he picked up a spoon off the table and just sort of like <laughs> and handed it back to me. It was mm-hmm. entirely twisted around, all like knotted up, and he handed it back to me. Mm-hmm. And I—I wow. I was sitting there holding the spoon and just saying, "Okay, uh, okay." <laughs> You know, and then and then he picked up a, a and by this time the waitress had been over and mm-hmm. she said, 
what Billy will say about the spoon. And I looked at her and I said, honey, don't don't worry about if If Billy knew who was sitting here in his diner bending his spoon, he would be really happy don't don't worry about the spoon he's not going to miss it don't 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 worry about it it's okay. Next thing I know, Hanji Dukes picks up the knife on it, and these were not real those little tiny thin bendable stuff you get at a at a cafeteria. This was good, hearty diner cutlery you know and he picked up the knife with one end in each of his palms, and almost instantly, I mean, I don't even think five seconds went by, the knife snapped right in half. And by the way, he was not putting any pressure on it. It snapped in half, not where the blade meets the handle, which would be the weak Mm -hmm. part, Mm -hmm. but the blade itself went right in half. Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, the problem was then I had to drive home. After that, I I got in my car to drive back to Jersey, and I'm like, okay, all right. He was just sitting there. He bent a spoon, snapped a knife in half, melted a fork. Mm-hmm. Okay. You wow. know, it's one of those things like, okay, you just saw a UFO or Superman. So, But the the, the, the most fabulous little story is that when AJ, my our friend AJ and Hanchi Dukes and I left Billy's, we mm-hmm. were standing out in the foyer of Billy's, and this brings me back to the book. We're standing in the foyer of Billy's, and Hanchi Duke says to me, Cotty, I think you need to change. I want to take your material, and I want to roll it into Duke's room, and, and, I, and I want to get you registered in Mongolia, and I want to do all these things, but I think you have to get rid of the word yoga. Mm-hmm. Now, when Hanchi Duke says, I think you have to do something, you could say no, because he's not re- a real aggressive person. Mm-hmm. But what happens to most of us is we kind of like get this, I got this like glazed over eye thing, you know. And I'm standing there and saying, Hanchi Duke said to get rid of the word yoga. Okay, okay, good, I'll get rid of the word yoga. You know, I didn't even think, okay, the word yoga. So I got rid of the word yoga, and, and I'll tell you about that in a second. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, he's just melted all the cutlery. Now he's telling me he's rolling combat triage into Duke's Rue and and he's telling me to get rid of the word yoga and I'm going to do it. Okay. Now I don't even know. I can't even function. So now what he does is he there's this big gumball machine. I mean, it stood about four feet high with mm-hmm. one of these big glass domes because it had jawbreakers in it, right? Uh-huh. So he he put his he put his hand on top of the globe you know, the glass globe. And I look at AJ, and he looks at me, and I looked at Hanchi, and I said, please tell me that you're not going to melt the glass and put your hand through it. (laughs) And he looks at me, and he says, no. He said, I'm going to put a quarter in it, just like anybody else. I just want a jawbreaker. (laughs) So it's just one of those, because you never know what he's going to do next. I wish I could have been there for that one. Oh, my God, you know, it's, you know. And you know, since that time, I've had people say to me, "Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah." He he bent the stuff. It's a trick. And I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, when I see you next time, I'm going to bring the cutlery. You tell me about the trick." Mm-hmm. And then wow. I'll show it to them, and they'll say, "Oh, yeah, okay, I get it. It's not a trick. Uh, how do how do you do that?" And I said, "Mind focused. You know, mind focused and chi mm-hmm. or key. 
I said, he's he's just extraordinary. He has extraordinary abilities. And he you and in Billy's Pocono Diner, I said to him, you know, you're you're an extraordinary man. And he said, Cotty, I'm just like everybody else. I'm just an ordinary man. <laughs> I said, well, yeah, well, right. not, to, not not to you and me though, Cotty. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. like Superman. I mean, yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, you know he's. I said, well, maybe you're ordinary to you, but to the rest of us that have seen, you know, you're not. You're extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's so that's my funny jawbreaker story with Hanchi Dukes. But what happened wow. was, what happened was, I had to come back home mm-hmm. and think of a new title for MMA Yoga on the Mat, Real Yoga for Inside the Cage. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I played around and played, and I've written a lot of books, and I've helped I've helped a lot of people write books. So I thought, well, what am I going to call this? What am I going to call this? <clears throat> and finally, it came to me. <clears throat> he mm-hmm. said the reason. He said to me, the reason I want you to change the title is because yes, there is yoga in here. He said, but you have stuff in here that's not just yoga. Mm-hmm. He said, so I want you to think about what that's, what does yoga stand for. I said, well, it's the triangle. It's mind, body, spirit. Mm-hmm. He said, figure out something from there. And that's where combat triage came from, spelled with a K. Oh, wow. That, that, that's amazing, Cody. And uh, do you remember the first time you ever watched Bloodsport? Could you possibly oh, share that story with us? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, what happened was, now I'm 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 very intuitive. And I can pretty much tell a lot about a person, mm-hmm. even if I've never seen them, if I just hear their name, and I've never seen them, I've never, I don't have, haven't had any contact, I, I can be very intuitive. And so here I'm, I'm watching Bloodsport, mm-hmm. and, and by the way, I'm very well aware that we've just hit the 25th anniversary, 25-year anniversary, I guess it was yesterday or the day yep, before. February 26th, yep. Yeah. So I'm watching Bloodsport, and what happens now is the the end credits. Now remember, I'm I'm not in martial arts at this point, mm-hmm. and I'm seeing the end credits, and I'm seeing what this man has done. I'm seeing the undefeated matches, the punches, the whole bit, and I'm saying to myself, this. First of all, I believed everything I saw on the credits. Mm-hmm. And I said, this is an extraordinary man. I don't know where he is, but someday I've got to find him. Because this is an extraordinary man. And I live my life in an extraordinary way. And mm-hmm. I, under- I, felt, I felt immediately that... I had um, uh, a connection uh, of some kind. And so I didn't, you know, so it it wasn't until about 2001, uh, certainly it was after the age of computers, but, you know, that I would start trying to find information out about him. (laughs) And then it just happened that I had met David D'Antonio, who uh, had made a connection to Hanshi Dukes. So this is how the universe works and how it kind of meanders around sometimes mm-hmm. to uh to ar- to arrive at a point where people converge who are meant to converge for a purpose 
Mm-hmm. And at the at, so by the time I was taking up, I had taken up martial arts. I remember he was going to be in Atlantic City, and I said, "I'm I'm going down to Atlantic City. I'm going to go, I'm going to go and meet Frank Dukes, Hanchi Dukes." And one of the fellows at the Kung Fu School stood there and said to me, "Well, you know, all that stuff isn't true." And I looked at him and. I I am very sweet, but if anybody goes to harm anybody that I care about, mm-hmm. I can be an extremely formidable opponent, and and uh, I can be very difficult. Mm-hmm. And I remembered saying to this person, everything in that everything, all those stats are absolutely correct, and if you say one more word about that man. You and I will get into a sparring ring because I will not allow it. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> and <laughs> and yeah, that's that's what happened. I said, "Don't don't let me ever hear you say anything like that again." I said because if you think that that number is is made up, mm-hmm. then why not make up an even more ludicrous number? Because three twenty nine is already ludicrous. Mm-hmm. Nobody would say that if it wasn't true, because if you were making it up, you could make up any number. You could make up four hundred and ten, or five hundred and four. Mm-hmm. But you can't make up a number and not know that someone's going to know you're making it up. I said so. If you ever say anything bad about that man again, because he's my hero, you will get in a sparring ring with me, and I will, I will go at you. And it was really, it was one of one of those, you know. And I don't know what I would have done then because I was very new in in martial arts at the time, and he'd been in for years, and he was a bit of a bully. But I wasn't about to back down because this was my hero we were talking about, and I'd never, of course, I'd never met Hanchi Dukes at that time or anything else. But I knew that he was extraordinary. You see, that's that is what was so important to me was I knew that this man was extraordinary beyond, and and I will say this because I want to clarify this, Mm -hmm. I knew that he was extraordinary beyond the the fight game. I knew that he was simply an extraordinary man. Mm -hmm. And if one is lucky in one's long life, if one lives long enough, one is lucky to meet anyone that is extraordinary because there there are... Maybe there's a lot of extraordinary people in the world, mm-hmm. but not to the extent that we can have access to them. You see, that's that's the blessing. There's a lot of extraordinary people, but can we have access to them? And then you have someone like Hanshi Frank Dukes, who you can have access to him. Mm-hmm. You can be his friend on Facebook. You can't now because he's over the limit. But you you could be his friend on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You could send him a message and and so what i'm saying is that that is another part of the man that makes him so extraordinary oh oh absolutely Cody. it's it's like i've always said to my audience and, and to people to people that ask me about my experience on how i met hunchy dukes if if myself can meet this extraordinary man with all the adversity that i face in life physically and mentally, anybody can do anything they set their mind to because mm-hmm. I tell people it just didn't happen overnight. It was years of 
hoping and dreaming and, and, and finding a way to push that door open. But once that door was open, mm-hmm. I was able to walk in. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So um, so that's, that's kind of my, my Hanshi Dukes story, and uh, I have the express pleasure of uh, spending a lot of time with him uh, just because we have projects that are going and um, mm-hmm. and of course uh, so of course I went back to the drawing board and I changed the title of the book <clears throat> and I've I've given copies of it to a gazillion people now and uh, so a lot of people have it they they see that it's endorsed by Hanchi Frank Dukes but in the near future will be uh, it'll be coming under the Dukes Rue banner it'll be Dukes Rue Combat Triage and I'm very very excited about the joint venture with him mm-hmm. um because be, uh, and the main reason that I'm happy about that is because I'm absolutely dedicated to being of benefit to all the fighters out there and I don't care if they're MMA uh different uh, martial arts styles boxing wrestling i i don't care about that i simply they are they are the poets they are the poets and the they are they are the stuffing that dreams are made of because they they have hearts of like lions and they and i so it's it's my extreme pleasure and my desire to uh be an available source of training and conditioning uh for them, and I have a lot of experience. Uh, you know, I've spent 40 years in therapeutic yoga. Mm-hmm. I've designed uh, therapy systems based on yoga and uh, Chinese martial arts for some large healthcare companies mm-hmm. um, because I have a lot of knowledge. And I, I've spent time working in uh, physical rehabilitation venues. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I have my 20 years of uh, well, it's more than twenty, more than twenty years now, of martial art experience. So, I and I and I'm I'm a natural intuitive, to the mm-hmm. point where someone can tell me something over the phone, and I can basically tell them what to do to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, from a conditioning standpoint, I don't mean I have the power to heal somebody of a disease. I don't mean that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying from a conditioning standpoint, I can uh really tune into the person long distance and I mean this is a natural talent but it's also one that has developed over many decades and mm-hmm. because of my love of pugilistic uh sports I'm 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 so happy I can't even tell you and that's the purpose of my book and mm-hmm. uh so that's why I want to make the book available to anyone who is uh listening in tonight um, they should get a copy if they want one. They should get it now because eventually it will be part of Duke's Rue and we'll, we're going to be doing some other interesting things with it. We're going to be, uh, I guess, repurposing it and uh, changing it around a little bit, but uh, they will find it very, very useful. And I, so I like to be, I like to be useful because if you have knowledge and you don't share it, 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 becomes, it, it makes you sick eventually. You have to have a, a channel for your knowledge, you know. Absolutely, Cody, and, and and that's why I do this show because, you know, it was my idea to be able to give these wonderful martial artists and, and wonderful people the the platform to speak and tell their stories before it gets lost. Oh yeah, I mean it's it's just, you know, the the other day somebody sent me a DVD um, about the fight films that were made by Thomas Edison. 
And these are fight films. I you should get him on the show if you could. These are fight films that were made in 1897 of gen- gentlemen Jim Corbett and John L. Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And anyone who knows me knows that I love boxing more than chocolate. So the thing is, and so I'm watching this, and I'm watching this film footage, and I'm I'm in a state of ecstasy, you know, and um, and I, and I was I put on Facebook that, uh, you know, hopefully there's not any film footage on there of Jack Dempsey because I will probably pass out in a state of rapture. <laughs> so because mm-hmm. um, I met Jack Dempsey when I was seven years old. Oh wow. I met him. Uh, it was in it was in his restaurant in New York. That is amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. yeah. So he, wow. I'm a huge Jack Dempsey. I love Jack Dempsey. I just loved his person. Mm-hmm. He was very kind and quite a gentleman. Very very pleasant and uh, very nice to me as a little girl. He's very sweet man. Uh, I mean, a, a real brawler in the ring, but outside of the ring, what a you know. I've read his the autobiography and just mm-hmm. such a nice man. But so that's that's where you know my original love of pugilistic sport started when I was very very little. I think I saw every Muhammad Ali fight that was ever televised on television back when he was Cassius Clay and uh-huh. uh, my father at at the time um, sponsored an up and coming boxer. He didn't go very far, do very well, but you know, fight posters were all over the place, and my surrogate dad. Uh, not my biological dad, but later on in life, my my surrogate dad was a professional boxer. His name was Hossein the Casbah Kid Kalfi, and mm-hmm. he had has a nice fight record as well. So, I, I oh, have wow. a, a deep, passionate love of fighters and and their heart, basically their heart, and mm-hmm. I feel so connected to it. And I'm so glad that I was able to write the book. And I'm able to give it away to people that can make use of it. And I'm always happy when people ask me questions or uh, do I want to come out and do a seminar or what do I know about this or that. And and it's really a blessing. In fact, what happened this past year was Mm -hmm. I have been asked to be on the MMA Fight Council Benevolent Fund Board. And I'm in a state of ecstasy over that because... It means that I'll be serving on a board that is predicated on benefiting downed fighters and helping them to recover and helping mm-hmm. them deal with issues outside of the ring. And I'm, I, I feel so blessed. Oh my God, I, I can't even tell you. Wow. I'm, and I, I'm, you know, I'm just, I'm, and I feel so blessed to be doing projects with Hanchi Dukes and being part of the team. And I'm, I'm just. I feel so blessed that I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I might hop up and down on one foot when I hang up the phone. Yeah, you, you, you never know. You, you, you just might. So. <laughs> um, you know, and um, so pretty much that's my story. You know, I've spent a lot of time learning and studying, and I'm an avid. I train regularly. Um, I'm also, I'm also the founder of another system called Wishes. Mm-hmm. And this is a program that is specifically for Islamic women who, because of the Islamic faith, are really not, they're not, they don't get to have access to, to 
a lot of training because they can't physically come in contact with males. Mm-hmm. And although I'm Muslim myself, I, I I'm not, I just don't follow. I, I'm not gonna, I can't give up my martial art training and. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I, although I don't go around hugging lots of men, <laughs> I, that I that I can't do. But uh, but I I don't turn down an opportunity to train because this is what this is what keeps me alive. Martial arts really is uh, is my bloodline. Without it, I I would I would probably have gone along. I would have either gone crazy or or dropped dead a long time ago. So it's my lifeblood. So I'm very very happy that. Um, to be able to develop a program that is specifically for mm-hmm. Islamic women, and I'll be presenting that. Not, it's not a private. I mean, it's, it'll have to be in private because then the, then the women can take their hijabs off and learn about what to do if somebody attacks them and tries to choke them with the hijab on. And so mm-hmm. that's the program I'm, I'm working right now called Wishes, and uh, very happy that I have a. An assistant helping me with that. Another, another one of actually one of my neighbors. I'm really very happy to have her with me mm-hmm. to uh, try things out. She's close by, and uh, so I'm I'm very very grateful for all the people I've been able to train with. I've trained with a lot of great people over the past couple of decades, and I love martial arts. I think it I think it would solve anybody's problems, whatever it is. You get a problem, take up martial arts. Oh, oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> get a problem, I, take up martial arts. <laughs> I, I couldn't. I couldn't have said it any better myself. And it's like, you know, I've noticed with this this small show, I started out very very small, Cody, and I'm getting more, you know, famous martial artists coming to the show all the time. I mean, you know, and right. I just it's think that that's amazing. You know, well, it is because you have a natural affection and talent for media. And you're able to combine your love of media with martial arts, and that is just like peanut butter and chocolate, <laughs> right? Oh, oh, you think I, about it. I, absolutely. About it. And, and I wanted to tell you too. I wanted to tell you two things that's connected. I would have loved to seen Haunchy Dukes work with David Carradine. Oh yeah, I that would have been wonderful. Yeah, I, you know, I have a. I have a funny little story about David Carradine, and I love David Carradine. Well, please, please, uh, please share with me. Is that okay if I talk about David Carradine? Yeah, yeah, I I love David Carradine because, as a matter of fact, you know, I've been in the radio business since 2004, and I would have had loved to interview him. I would have loved it. I, I, I for one, was a a huge David Carradine. I'm still a huge David Carradine fan. Uh, uh, I I just think that um, he opened the door for a lot. He opened the door for so many things that we we would have we would have maybe eventually had them, but um, but he made it a lot easier, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by by what he did. And actually, I saw David Carradine when I was 16 years old in New York City. I was four rows back. My I think it was my uh oh I might have been 14. I'm not sure. I think I was 14 maybe, but we went on a school trip to go see Royal Hunt of the Sun and he was starring in it. And I mm-hmm. saw him and of course I thought he was the greatest thing since sliced bread 
back then, and that was way before martial arts ever happened, you know. Yeah. Um, but there's a funny little story about him, because he could be a little quirky at times, and mm-hmm. he went, he was doing a seminar, he was going to do a seminar at one of the institutes, in, uh, and um, so a friend of mine was going up to take a Tai Chi class with him, mm-hmm. and I said, would you please take up my book, Spirit of Shaolin, and ask him to autograph it. Well, she did. She went up, took the class. She, uh, could you please autograph this book for my friend? And he did. So I have the autographed book right here. Mm-hmm. And but he never taught the class. <laughs> he brought somebody with him to teach the class. Oh wow! And she said, "Aren't you going to teach? Aren't you going to teach the class?" And he said, "No." And she said, "Well, why aren't you going to teach the class? I mean, it says David Carradine." He said, "What part of no don't you get?" <laughs> <laughs> laugh at that because you know i i i just thought you know what a character you know he was mm-hmm. and it didn't change my feelings about him at all and she was a bit of a stuffed shirt anyway so i thought he probably took exception to the fact that she was a stuffed shirt but he was i mean he was a little quirky but my thing is that you know i was devastated by what happened to him in thailand and i've always felt that they never got to the bottom of it and I always felt it was very sad mm-hmm. and so he's um he he's a special character and I and uh so I'm sorry that you didn't get to interview him also. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cody, I, was, I was so upset about his death that that whole day that I heard that he had died, I will publicly go on record and say I actually cried and I watched Kung Fu that whole day. Oh, I oh, I cried all day. The next day, I lit candles, and I was so grateful because so many people didn't bother really in the industry to do much of anything. When I when I say the industry, I'm referring to the martial art industry, and I was so happy that Alan Goldberg in his magazine, his Action Martial Art magazine. That year, when he, he published um, a little memorial statement and put David Carradine's picture in there, and I, I was so glad. I called him on the phone, and because uh, I know Alan Goldberg, and mm-hmm. I called him on the phone and I said, Alan, I just want to thank you so much for that little memorial for David Carradine. It's like, it's like nobody ever took him serious as a real martial artist, and mm-hmm. and it it doesn't really matter. What what matters is the inspiration that came out of the show. Mm-hmm. That's what really matters. And, and speaking of Mr. Alan Goldberg, it's, it's funny that you mention him because um, I recently, a few weeks ago, contacted him, and I'm planning on having him on the show here in the uh, next few weeks or so. Oh, that's great! He'll he'll be he's a lot of fun to be on the show, and <laughs> I I have a when you get him on the show, I have a name that I call him. Mm-hmm. I call him the Paragon. That's my name for him. And mm-hmm. so, in fact, uh, if if this was a live show and he knew I was on, he would probably call in and say, this is the Paragon calling. Because if, yeah. if he knows I'm on the air, he'll usually call in. But um, So you, you can you can tell him I said hello, because I don't know if I'll talk to him before you do. But mm-hmm. I, And the reason I call him the Paragon is that this is a man who is so busy... I mean, 
really busy, and I don't mean he makes uh, makes himself busy. I mean he's busy. He's runs, you know, the all these large events, a magazine, four other businesses. He's a very very busy man. Plus he has his students, his school. He travels. He's on every board. I mean, he really is the paragon. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and and the and the thing that's amazing is, is that and the, and I I use him as an example a lot. I'll say something like, "Listen, one of the most busy people I know answers his phone and returns phone calls, mm-hmm. so you have no excuse." That's kind of my thing because Alan Goldberg will call you back, and he will talk with you on the phone, even mm-hmm. if, when he's busy. He will get back to you. A lot of people, and that that to me that's. That's integrity because a lot of people don't do that these days. Oh, I'll call you back, but they don't call you back. And so we're, we have a serious breach of integrity, and not only in the martial art industry, but pretty much all over. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm also, you know, I also have my PR service and I, I have other clients that I represent. And the bottom line is that if you, if you want to be respected in this industry, you have to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. You have to you have to follow protocols, proper social protocols, and you have to you have to follow through, and you have to meet your obligations. And if you can't meet them, you mm-hmm. have a responsibility to contact whoever you have that obligation with and say, "I'm sorry that this happened, and this is why I couldn't meet this, and I will have it for you within 48 hours." Or I'm mm-hmm. I'm not even going to charge you because I. I should have had this ready and I didn't, mm-hmm. or you know that kind of thing. There has to be integrity all around. It has to happen. And, and speaking of live shows, Cody, the reason the reason I pre-record is because a lot of fights want a lot of money to you know to be able to broadcast live, and that's just oh, something yeah, no, I don't have right it, now. It really is better to not not do it live because then you can you know you can clean it up and. Mm-hmm. You can brief it up, and you know, I mean, it's. I, I think it's wonderful, and that way the shows, when you archive them, you you know, that's there's. I think it's better not to not to do a live show. Yeah, because you, you never know. Uh, you might have a famous guest that might be late or something, and you you're, you're limited to time, and then it just kind of throws your whole show off. You know. Sure. Yes. This is this is this is very very true. So. So that's that's how that's pretty much how combat triage came about. Mm-hmm. And um I'm looking forward to always moving it, you know, moving it ahead and making it even more and more available to uh whoever whoever will benefit by it. Mhm. Oh, oh, absolutely and I have the feeling, Cody, since, you know, we're both in Duke's room, and I wanted to be one of the first ones to, you know, welcome you. Um, I'm sure that me and you will be working on something in the near future together. Well, that will be exciting because everybody that knows me knows that I'm not happy if I don't have a martial art project. I love martial art projects. Mm-hmm. I do. And it, what's funny about that is... Uh, People will very often, I had somebody not too long ago, maybe last year, they wanted to, uh, they were trying a product out and they wanted my opinion. They wanted mm-hmm. to know how it would work as uh, as a an apparatus 
for uh, you know very often when people are training they want to be they want to know they can defend themselves even if they have a broken arm mm-hmm. so this apparatus was to hold the arm down and keep it keep it tied and mm-hmm. so i got to I, so they said, do you have time? I said, I'll make time. I'll make time. This is a It's a martial art project. I'll make time. So I worked with it. Yeah, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And because I have such a good working knowledge of body dynamic, my input can sometimes be, you know, very enlightening. So I had mm-hmm. so much fun trying to train with this thing wrapped around me. You know, it was a lot of fun. And then I reported on it. So mm-hmm. I love projects of all, all different kinds. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing, Cody. That is amazing. So what what is your expectations for um, 2014, dear? What's your expectations? Oh, you know, my my expectations of 2014 probably have already been met. (laughs) So now it's wow. It's the it's the coaster. It's the coaster ride. Yeah. Uh, you know, when I when I trained with Hanshi Dukes in 2011 for the first time for that we had the all day workshop. I thought then, I drove home in the car that day and I thought, every year when it comes to martial arts, every year I try to, I try to beat myself. Mm-hmm. I try to do better than I did the year before. And you know, I'm I'm going to be. I'll just I don't care. We're on the air. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be 66 in May. And I'm I'm as agile as a cat. Mm-hmm. I can punch almost two punches per second for close to five minutes without even mouth breathing or getting out of breath. I mean I'm I'm in I'm in very good shape. Wow. And yeah, yeah, I'm in very good shape. And so I, I'm constantly staying I wanna stay on my game. I'm always training. I'm the one that gets after everybody else and says, there's no laying down, there's no laying back, you better get up, better do something. Don't let me find out you didn't train. I want to hear about your training, what are you doing, kind of thing. It's always me. I'm kind of like the martial art mother hen. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, and every, and every, so every year I'm, I make a record of what did I do? Did I take any courses? Did I do this or did I do that? Because I always want to improve myself. There's no... Well, I so when I trained with Hanchi Dukes that that particular year, for that day, mm-hmm. I said, "Well, I don't know if I had a, if I ever had a dream in my life, it would have been to meet Hanchi Dukes, but let alone train with him." I thought at that point, when I when I wrote out my my chronological update for the year, I thought, "Wow, what is going to top this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is going to top?" You know, a five-day, a five-hour training session with Hanji Dukes. What what's going to be bigger than that? But every year, something else uh, happens. That there's always more. Uh, something else keeps happening. You know, I'm, I haven't slowed down any. I train hard. Uh, this this past, uh, just this couple of weeks back, I had the the. Oh, it was a wonderful blessing. Uh, one of the grandmasters with more than 50 years of experience um, mm-hmm. recognized me as Gold Sash head of family because my system, Fashion Training Arts, is, is trademarked, <clears throat> mm-hmm. and um, and I do have a complete system, you know. And so she she honored me, recognized me with a, a Gold Sash, and I thought, wow, you know, wow. 
because this is someone that's you know very well known. I don't I don't want to say her name on the air without her, her permission. But um, so I thought, wow, this is this is uh, 2014. Has, I've already <laughs> so anything now is uh, is fondant on the icing on the cake. Mm-hmm. Wow, that that's amazing, Connie. I mean, you know, it's 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 finally nice to meet you know someone else that's you know just a bigger fan uh, of Hunchy like like myself. I never thought. I never thought I would meet, you know, you know, someone else that's just a bigger fan, just like me, you know. Yeah. So. Oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's 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 finally nice. I mean, you know, because usually when when I try to tell someone about Honchi Dukes or something, sometimes they'll be completely clueless, and then <laughs> and then I'll say John Claude Van Damme, and then they'll know who he is, but it, then it takes then it takes me to be able to explain, put two and two together for them, and they'll be like, that was real? I'll be like, yeah. Yeah, that was real. Oh, I have another I have another fun little story. You know, uh, what, I, what I would like for people to know is that mm-hmm. they can, if they find me on Facebook, it's Combat Triage, mm-hmm. and it's Kadi, K-H-A-D-I, Madonna, M-A-D-A-M-A, combat triage if they find me and friend me on facebook they'll also see that i have a page a facebook page set up it's called put up your dukes 329 Mm -hmm. and that facebook page is specifically for update news on hanchi dukes Uh, there's also twitter put up your dukes 329 on twitter and Mm -hmm. it's only what's happening now with hanchi dukes so if he's going to be on television, he's going to be on television again um, in June. Uh, if he's doing a, a, a training tour to a certain area, a certain city, it's only stuff for now. So you won't see old photos or stuff like that. You'll only see what's happening now, what's what's trending right now in the world of Hanchi Frank Dukes. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I set that up, I, I called him on the phone. I said, Hanchi, I've, I've got your I've got the Facebook page going here. I said, it's put up your Dukes 329. <laughs> wow. And he, so he said to me, oh, he said, that's great. That's wonderful because he's always so pleasant. He's always so grateful. Anytime anyone does anything nice for him, he's just such a nice man. And mm-hmm. he said, that's great. What's the 329? <laughs> because he's so humble. He just forgets. You know, it's like Mr. Magoo. Oh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> so he's, I said, uh, duh, 329. Uh, your undefeated matches. He's like, oh, oh my God! He said, I didn't even make the connection. Like he thought maybe it was my birthday, like March 29th or something. Uh, oh, and what? And what's funny to add to your story, Connie? Um, I want to share this with my audience too, and you'll get a kick out of this one. He's just when, so innocent, you know. He just yeah, it's funny. When, when the page was set up, he he called me and he says, Justin, he said, did you did you know did you know I have a new page on Facebook? And then Two seconds later, he says, "Ah, oh, of course you do. You're already added on the page." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he, the thing with the thing with Hanchi Dukes is, uh, he, you, you know, when have you ever seen any of people that are familiar with Sherlock Holmes novels, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There, there are the, all these scenes where Sherlock Holmes is having a conversation and he's writing something upside down, you know, and he can do both simultaneously. Well, that's mm-hmm. Hanchi Dukes. 
Like he has three brains. So he can be, you know, writing a book, having a conversation, and I don't know what, maybe, maybe, uh, you know, melting steel with his bare hands. I don't know, but he can do all this stuff at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, he's he's amazing like that. Oh, yeah. oh, absolutely. Because you know, I guard my cell phone with my life because I've got his personal number, Cody. Because we're me and him's like family. I guard my phone day and night. Oh, so sure. Get the hold of it. Of course, <laughs> as as do we all. It's like having the bat phone, only it's the Duke's phone. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. Not at Duke. yeah I, I, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But he, you know, he's so innocent sometimes that he, he doesn't even. And I'll, I will sometimes joke with him, you know, on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'll say, uh, "Listen, I don't know if you know this or not, but we're talking to Frank Dukes, you know, like from Bloodsport, like." Mm-hmm. And he'll start laughing, and I'm like, well, I don't always get it. Like, I know I'm talking to Frank Dukes on the phone, uh-huh. but I haven't, I can't connect in that it's the it's the person that was that Bloodsport was made about. Like, I'm still not making, It's I have this, like, disconnect. Like, mm-hmm. like holy pink cows, talking to the real Frank Dukes on the phone. I, I, absolutely, Cody. And before I let you go and, and do your final thoughts, my final thought is for uh, for you, what what I would like to see happen before everything is done with is a true sequel to Bloodsport, the continued story of Frank Dukes. Oh, wouldn't that be heaven on earth? It'd be wonderful. Uh, absolutely. I mean, now, I was I was very disappointed with um with the sequels. Now, keep in mind, I've actually had the producer of Bloodsport too, Michael Crescioni, on the show, but. I mean, it's still, like, he agreed with me. It did not continue with Duke's story, and that was a really big disappointment. So, Well, I, I think that um, it's just my, this is just my intuition going. Mm-hmm. I think that, I'm not saying in 2014, but I think that we will, we will at some point, we will see some incredible stuff happening uh, uh, because Duke's is more... He he's he's on a wave of relevance right now. He's so mm-hmm. in demand, and when people meet with him, they they're just captivated captivated by his uh, his his um, authenticity. He, he's mm-hmm. very genuine. He's very transparent, and people are captivated by it. And um, he, you know he's he's that's that's just how he comes across. He, mm-hmm. He's very real, and uh, so I think that because of that, people want more. Mm-hmm. I think that they want more. They want to they want to fold time, if you will, and go mm-hmm. back to the end of Bloodsport and and pick it up and and go from there. And I think I think that could happen. I think I think as I think as his um, public appearances continue. And escalate. I think that that could could very well happen. I, I well, don't see any reason why not. Well, well, well you, uh, a while back he told he told me if anything was done with Bloodsport, like a continued story or something, he did he did tell me that in some aspect that I would be involved. 
Well, isn't that wonderful? Maybe, maybe I'll get to be the girl that empties the trash can or something on there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, I say that jocularly because in this, since when I first started martial arts, I never thought that I would get to where I am now. I mean, I'm on the radio a lot. I have my book. I've done done high high profile uh, expos and things like that. I never thought never thought that would ever happen. Mm-hmm. But in part, it happened because I always made myself available to help people. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and so I, when I say that, um, you know, that's what life is all about. It's chiefly about service. Success is always in service, and Hanchi Dukes would would ascribe to that. You know, he, he's a great one for believing in giving back to the community and, and mm-hmm. being in service. What I would like to do is make sure that all of your readers, uh, listeners, oh, your readers, yeah, well, they're going to they're going to read they're going to read about this anyway on Facebook. But I'd like to make sure that they all have my personal uh, my professional email, and I'd like them to have to put up your Duke's email if they're mm-hmm. interested in in having Hanchi Duke's come out to do a training tour. Uh, so I want to make those two things available. My mm-hmm. my email address is Combat Triage spelled with a K O M B A T. T-R-I-A-G-E at AOL.com. They can email me and they can ask me for a copy of the book. I'll be happy to send it. Or they can inbox me at Facebook and they can friend me up on Facebook. Mm -hmm. And then for any of your listeners that are interested in having Hanji Dukes come to their school and do a training seminar or if they'd like to have him come out to uh, an event or do a talk at their college on conflict resolution they can email me directly at putupyourdukes, spelled just the way it is, mm-hmm. P-U-T-U-P-Y-O-U-R-D-U-X, mm-hmm. 329, at AOL.com, and I'll be glad to send them information. That, that would be great. And uh, if uh, if people get confused at all with any of this information, I want to let them know that they can... They can find Cotty on my Facebook page, which is Justin Ray Harvey on Facebook. So if you need to find Cotty and you're having a hard time, just write me a message on Facebook and I'll hook you up. And uh, I want to say thank you for being on the show, Cotty. Thank you for having me. It was was such a fun time. I think this is probably the most fun radio show I have ever done. Well, that, that's what I try to produce, sweetheart. I, I I really do because that's that's what this podcast is all about, and you know, to, to get the word out about martial arts before these wonderful, wonderful stories get lost. So. Well, thank you again for having me on the show, and 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 I'll also say thank you on behalf of the Dukes Foundation just for being able to tell some fun stories about Hanji Dukes and and. Uh, get that information out there. So thank you so much. Oh, absolutely, Connie. And if you ever have any upcoming new projects that you want to promote, um, you're welcome to always come back on the show. Thank you so much.